yo, welcome to another episode of the Clip City Podcast. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. And tonight, I'm coming to you at 10.45 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the Lakers-Clippers game happened about an hour and a half ago or so. Uh, the Lakers defeated the Clippers 103-101 in the seeding opener to drop the Clippers to 0-1 in the bubble, at least in the seeding games, and to even the Battle LA series, two games apiece. Joining me to break down this game is a frequent guest. Uh, I jokingly call him basically my co-host at this point, Mo DeKeel. Mo, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Basketball is back. I couldn't be happier. I'm I'm with you, man. It, it was weird because I actually felt that the scrimmages were pretty competitive, more competitive than preseason games. And and you know I, that's not a crazy take. I, everyone was kind of saying that on Twitter, but um, you still kind of saw the the intensity increase even more. Um, I, I felt in these two seating openers. I didn't watch that much of the Jazz Pelicans game. I probably caught like a quarter and a half total. Um, but you know, you felt the intensity shift, um, and it felt like both teams in, in, in both games were actually playing for something, which of course they are. Um, but for, for our purposes, we're, we're going to be talking about this Clippers Lakers game. Quick hits for this. Um, so again, Lakers beat the Clippers 103 101. Paul George had 30 points, Kawhi Leonard had 28 points. Uh, on the Lakers side, Anthony Davis had 34. LeBron James had 16, 11 rebounds, and seven assists. Uh, th- th- some key numbers that I-, I thought were interesting. Clippers actually shot the ball really well uh, from three. They were 16 to 36, 44%. Uh, but they lost the possession battle. And uh, you know, 20 turnovers compared to 16 from the Lakers. Uh, ended up taking 74 shots. The Lakers took 82 uh, in part because of their 11 offensive rebounds. And the Lakers ended up taking nine more free throws, 37 compared to the Clippers 28. So even though th- I felt overall the, the Clippers were the better team offensively, uh, when it mattered most, you, you know, the Lakers were the ones making the plays at the end of the game and they won the possession battle handedly. And, you know, in, in a game you lose by two points, if you're letting a team get seven more offensive rebounds, if you're turning the ball over four more times, if you're fouling too much and sending them to the free throw line uh, for, for nine more free throws, like you're going to lose the game on those margins. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the elephant in the room for the Clippers was that Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell weren't there. So you, you saw a lot of minutes for guys right. like uh, Landry Shamit. It, it probably played more than he would have with Lou there. Uh, Patrick Patterson, Amir Coffey, Joakim Noah, like these guys, we don't know how much they're actually going to play uh, w- once everyone's healthy. And then you also had Reggie Jackson starting in place of Pat Beverly. Pat only played 16 minutes, basically was on a minutes limit, which is what Doc had said pregame. So bringing this to you now, Mo, um, what do you take away from this game from the Clippers side, you know, if anything at all? And, and you know, w- what can you glean from this matchup? with them being shorthanded and knowing that if these two teams eventually meet in the Western Conference Finals, the Clippers will almost certainly have Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, which would certainly change this dynamic. Yeah, I mean, Clipper fans shouldn't freak out too much with with this loss when you just kind of think about the fact that you don't have those guys. Now, also, let's, let's just point out one thing, too, because I'm not going to let you guys all just rest easy and, and take a, a deep sigh of relief. 
it's not like they're ultimately great defenders either. So it's, you know, it, they provide a offensive boost, but hurt you defensively. And I think, you know, that might kind of wash out during a, a game, but overall there was just a level of sloppiness. Like you said, the turnovers were really bad in the sense it, it, that I just felt like was rust and something that had to, you know, will will work itself out over time of the these next seven more games. The thing that scared me the most, Jovan, was just how they came out in the first quarter. You know, it really felt like the only person that was ready to play when the ball was tipped for the Clippers was Paul George. Like he played all four quarters. The other guys played about two and a half to three. And that was kind of something where I was like, that's not necessarily a great sign I want to see. Like this is a game you need to get up for. And you you got to be ready to play. And that was something that worried me off the bat. How about you? What, do, what did you think when you saw that? Like just the first quarter alone, what was kind of your thoughts? Well, this has actually been a trend in, I want to say, at least three of the four games, if not all four, that the Lakers size takes the Clippers a good quarter, like half a quarter to a full quarter, maybe even a quarter and a half to adjust to. And this really has happened. And if you go back and watch, um, you know, the other three matchups, I, I just watched the, the March game and, and you just see, uh, you know, in all uh, all the games, the Clippers get off to these weird starts where the, the Lakers are dominating them. Um, you know, today it didn't really happen where they're blocking shots. But in the other ones, it's been like they'll block three or four shots in the first quarter. They'll get a few offensive rebounds. They'll get a couple of lobs. And you're just like, Holy crap! This team is huge, and you, you know you got AD and, and JaVale and, and Dwight and you know LeBron and Kuzma, and, and you just got a bunch of six nine, six ten, six eleven dudes um, with, with long arms, athletic, and they're they're making all these plays above the rim and, and just really being long on defense. And that's before we even get into Danny Green, KCP. Uh, you know Avery Bradley didn't play. Uh, today and it isn't going to play in the bubble, but had played in previous matchups. And I, I just think overall, um, the, the one thing I, I kind of take away from this is um, the Lakers defense really is a, a problem for the Clippers. And, um, you know, like I, I, I've felt in, in my opinion, the Lakers have probably been the better team in all four games. Um, and and it's, it's weird because the results don't really <laughs> show, show that, that because <laughs> right. the, the Clippers won the first two games and had a chance to win the third game, had a chance to win this game. And it's still just like, I, I keep walking away from all four games being like, I felt like the Lakers played better. Now, at so, you know, at some point, are the are the Clippers going to play better offensive? Like, you know, the, the offense to me is always the thing where, you know, defensively th- there were breakdowns at the end. And I, I think right. ultimately what cost them this game was their defense and just the inability to get multiple stops in a row. But offensively as you kind of mentioned like you know other than pg and Kawhi, no one really showed up i mean you had reggie jackson give them 10 points and and most of that was early you had pat chip in 12 um you know pat patterson had a couple uh, shots here and there but like other than that this was a a pretty bad performance from the rest of the group and that's where you really miss lou and trez so um i I do think that uh you know this is a tough matchup for the clippers I, i just think the Lakers defensively have that size and length to really bother them. Um, but I think the one, uh, like if you want to spin it forward positively, I don't think they can defend Kawhi and PG. And I, I think, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi to me has been, was the best player in the first two matchups. 
didn't have a good third game, but you know, dropped 28 to tonight. And you know, I didn't even think was that special, but PG back to back games, you know, last game he had 31 against the Lakers. This one, he had 30. Like to me, I I think if if you want to walk away from it, encouraged, it's you almost won this game, despite how bad you played. And in a seven game series, I just don't see how they match up well at all with choir PG. Well, I think it comes down to like we saw it in this one, you know, LeBron deciding to take on the challenge. I mean, I thought he did a great job on Kawhi in the fourth quarter. And there were flashes for the Lakers of, you know, some of their other guys doing a good job defensively. I mean, I was surprised by uh, Kuzma a little bit doing a good job and things like that. But really, when it comes down to the Clippers, you know, the thing that's really kind of brutal here is, you know, Marcus Morris with the donut. Uh you know, Zoo's coming back. Cousin Zoo took us nine minutes to really kind of get to Cousin Zoo. Uh, I don't want to really, talk about it. <laughs> oh, no, you you don't get to live in all the glory of Cousin <laughs> Zoo and then shy away. Uh, the, uh, the It's understandable. I mean, this is his second game back in this scenario. And even Shamit, you know, his first game and, and Beverly kind of getting through. I didn't even think Beverly was going to play for the, the most part. I was sort of surprised by that. Uh, I missed the first uh, the press conference. So, you know, but in general, like those are the guys you kind of got to get. And Morris having just a bad game shooting wise, it really hurts him, you know, because he can't really affect. He can't really help to spread the floor, you know. So then you have that situation of like, well, he's just a good defender in that situation. And in that scenario, there were times where he was on Anthony Davis and he was getting cooked like that. That was a bad matchup for him. So I think this is where it kind of becomes an issue. It's like, can these big guys, you know, Jermichael Green shot the ball really well. I thought he was good. I thought Patrick Patterson in a short amount of time was was pretty good, you know. But, you know, you need to get something from Marcus Morris, and, and it really needs to come down to him being able to hit shots on catch-and-shoot situations. I'm getting really tired of the, I'm going to make a play now for the team because, like, that's not your role, dude. You got to figure that out. That's that's not your your scenario, and I think that's something that's a little bit something I'm I'm worried about that I want to keep my eye on for the clips, you know, through the the rest of these seven games is you know how are these big guys shooting and and doing and and what's Doc doing with the rotations? And to that point, um, you know, I, I think Zoo. Uh, this was his second game back. You know, the, the first game I, I forgot he played. You know, twelve fifteen minutes. Um, looked okay. Uh, you know, they were playing the Kings and you know, that is what it is. But, uh, Marcus, I mean, is 0 for 13 now against the Lakers in the last two games that they've played. And, you know, he was supposed to be your big mid season addition and he's getting outplayed by Reggie Jackson, who frankly wasn't even that good in this game. Uh, you know, really, I thought hurt the Clippers in the fourth quarter, uh, was Probably the guy who blew the box out on LeBron. Uh, you know, LeBron, the, the game was tied 101, 101. LeBron uh, kind of gets by, I think it was PG, um, kind of lofts this shot up. There's five Clippers around. Reggie is the closest guy. And I was I, I was surprised Doc closed with Reggie. I, I thought mm-hmm. he was going to bring Pat back in, even if it was a minute's I, limit. You know, Pat I, went I, 16 minutes. I'm just like, he could have played the last minute or two. <laughs> um, you know what? What team, I'll just tell you right now, would, would, would you have your, your team medicals telling you that, hey, you're not playing him more than 16 or he's done? By the time you, when you take him out after that time limit, you know, he might already have iced on his knees. He, you know, it's not yeah. like he might be in a position to come back in. So I'm not too critical of Doc in that situation. 
Well, so Re- Reggie boxed that box out, and you know, I, 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 you don't want to put it all on him, but I, I just felt overall got exposed. There, there was one time he didn't pick up Caruso in transition. Um, you know, Caruso did get by him a couple times, uh, and I, I think. So the, the Clippers got to figure that out uh, again. Once Lou and Trez are back, Reggie's not going to be playing 34 minutes. And, and right. under normal circumstances, you'd flip Reggie and Pat's minutes where Pat's playing 34 minutes and Reggie's playing 16. So I think that stuff will get figured out. I mean, again, that's another part of this is not only were they missing Lou and Trez, you had Pat on a minutes limit. So it's really like missing two and a half of your top six or seven guys. And, and whereas the Lakers, I mean, they're missing Avery Bradley and Rondo, but that's the new normal for them. Those guys are gone, and you know Alex Caruso probably should have been playing more minutes for them. Dion Waiters has, has stepped in and has been better offensively than Avery or Rondo were. Um, you know, just going off of this game, uh, Kyle Kuzma stepped up today. So like, the, the Lakers have the pieces to kind of make up for those guys, and and I, I think we'll figure that out. But for the Clippers, you at least have something to look forward to of the next time these two teams play. If they do play again, it'll most likely be the Western Conference Finals. And you'll be having Pat Beverly playing 20 more minutes at least, and, and then adding in the Lou and Trez minutes. And and that to me was was one of the biggest things in this game was that I tweeted this out early in the fourth quarter. When Kawhi was on the floor, um, I, I want to say it was around the nine-minute mark of the fourth, the Clippers were plus 13 in the 24 minutes he had played. And when he was off the court in just 13 minutes, they were minus 18. So they got killed in the the Kawhi minutes, which is usually the Lou and Trez minutes. Uh, and they're carrying that offense where right. you, you saw some weird lineups with like Reggie and, and Pat Patterson and Jermichael and, and Landry right. and like Amir Coffey. And you're not going to see those lineups in the conference finals. So I, I do think like the, the Clippers kind of experimented it a, a little bit and were throwing out some weird lineups, playing guys that wouldn't normally be playing probably more than they should have been. And again, they were right there in the end, despite playing so poorly. And I think it's a testament to their depth. I think it's a testament to how good Kawhi and PG are. Um, I think another sign of encouragement is, is how they limited LeBron and AD. Because uh, this is a trend now. This is not like, you know, they just had bad games. Like LeBron has really struggled against the Clippers in all four games. I don't think he shot over like 42% in any of the four. Uh, so they've defended LeBron very, very well. And um, I think, there are some signs of encouragement, but there are some things to be worried about too, for sure. Yeah. It's not like this is a, a, listen, if they play in a series, I think we're getting seven games, right? Like, I think we should just, just get it, get ready for that. Like it's going to be a battle, even with Lou and Trez back and everything, like just brace yourselves. It's going to be a, a, a slug fest, but a lot of encouraging signs. You know, Paul George has been great, not just in this game, but in the whole since being in Orlando. Like he's, he looks good. I'm, I'm, I know you've covered it in your other episodes and things like that. So he's rolling in that sense. It's the other guys. You know, it's hard. It's hard to win games when you know the your top two guys kill it, but everybody else lets you down. And you know, we know it's not always going to be the case with with Lou and Trez. They'll, they'll pick up the scoring a bit, but you still need these other dudes to hit shots. These other guys have to come in. Landry's got to find his his rhythm. Hopefully he will within these few games to to start getting ready and start ready to roll come playoff times. Because ultimately, I, like seeding doesn't matter too much for the Clippers, right? The only thing they want to avoid is falling to four, and I don't even think that's something that's possible. So, you know, whether they're two or three, does it matter? 
Like, you know, they, they just need to be rolling and playing at their very best and be at optimal conditions by the time the these restart games or seeding games end and we're rolling into the playoffs. And quickly to go back to something, I, I realized I didn't finish making this point. Like, you know, Zoo, uh, again, I, I think we'll bounce back and, and, you know, give him a few games to get his, his conditioning back. And, you know, he, he missed the wide open dunk today. Like he, he's seven foot one. He's not going to be missing wide open dunks. Like I, I thought he clearly just couldn't jump. Um, it's Marcus so Morris, funny. I, it's so funny hearing the hurt in your voice <laughs> when Cousin Zoo has a bad man. game. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I thought he had a couple moments where, okay, so one thing actually, before we go any further with this, we have to address something else, which I thought was a little bit ridiculous. Um, the fouls in this game were just 57 fouls uh, for, for, you know, both teams combined. Um, I thought it, it was a much bigger issue in the first half than the second half, but I do think it ended up hurting the Clippers more, um, you know, if you look at the, the foul distribution, um, you know, only two Lakers had more than three fouls and, and that was 80 with four, but I believe he got that later in the fourth and then Dwight had five. Whereas, you know, the, the Clippers, you had Marcus Morris with four, Zoo with four, Paul George with five, Jermichael with five, Noah and Beverly with four, like that, that's six guys with four more fouls. And, I felt that really changed the dynamic of the game. Like Zoo early on had a really nice contest on AD and 10 seconds later picks up a second foul and is now out two and a half minutes into the game. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, uh, Kawhi got two early fouls and, and ended up getting pulled. You know, PG was in early foul trouble on and on. I mean, the bigs getting in is one thing. They were just taking some hard fouls and, and playing physical. But um, I, I just felt... You know, th- this was a highly th- there's a lot of whistles in this game. There was not a great flow. It was very choppy. And I do think that the the whistle favored the Lakers slightly. I think you see it in the free throws. Mm-hmm. I think you see it in the foul totals. Now, I don't think it was enough to really say like that cost them the game necessarily. But it, it is a two point game where free throws matter. Fouls matter. Guys having to sit at inopportune times matters. And I just thought there was a lot of touch fouls. Like it, this wasn't even that physical of a game, in my opinion. It was a lot of illegal screens, you know, guys rolling into someone and they call a foul on it. And it's just, I, I didn't like the way the game was officiated. No, it was a, it was not a good, it was a very poorly officiated game. And, you know, it was a very Scott Foster game. The yeah, fact that we, that's who it was. <laughs> that's who it was. Like, let's just be honest. And, and it was one of those things where it just, it honestly felt like he called everything. And, you know, I, I just I just want to see four possessions in a row without a whistle, you know, and I think it took us until late in the second quarter to get that. So it was it was a poorly officiated game. But this is guess what? This is going to happen in the playoffs. There's going to be a game where they're going to get screwed by the officials like that just happens. So it's it's normal in the sense of a little bit of NBA normalcy. Scott Foster calling a, a, a lot of fouls in a game. It's like, oh, OK, we're you know, we are back. So it's just, you know, this is something they're going to have to adjust to. I think there's certain things, you know, I think sometimes Doc and, and coaches tend to overreact when a guy picks up a second foul right away. I know there's uh, some math behind it, but, you know, so it tells you necessarily you're, you're almost better off keeping the guy in or keeping your normal rotation instead of just immediately pulling him because it does take him out of the flow of the game and usually it doesn't affect the real outcome. So I think – 
you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's old school tendencies to just pull a guy out as soon as they have two fouls in the first quarter. But I think they might need to start looking at these things a little bit differently, especially in this game when you had such a limited rotation. So let's get out of here on this. Um, One thing I've been obsessed with all season with this team is the closing lineup. Um, You know, I I think, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. I've talked about talking about this ad nauseum. Um, You know, I have my doubts about closing games with Lou and Trez at the highest levels. I'm talking conference finals, finals, specifically in this Lakers matchup. Um, So I, I think when we... The, you know, moving this forward, um, again, this was not a Clippers team at full strength. I, I think you're going to have Pat playing more, which is going to boost the defense. You're going to have Zoo, uh, you know, most likely being in better shape and, and playing more, which is going to also boost the defense. And you're going to have Lou and Trez back at some point, which is going to boost the offense. So I think this is going to be a better, uh, you know, a better Clipper team on both ends. And then on top of that, you're going to have the continuity of having the eight seeding games, of having the first two rounds of the playoffs. And as long as there's no major injuries or someone getting COVID or, or someone having to leave the bubble, you know, if, if you can have your top eight, nine, 10 guys and everybody's healthy, which with this team, you never know. Um, I think you should feel more optimistic about the Clippers heading into that Lakers matchup if they do meet in the conference finals. But uh, to, to close this, I'm curious your thoughts on the closing lineup with the available information. Uh, to me, a guy who played really well and who might be the answer for the Clippers is Jermichael Green. I, I think that defensively, he plays AD about as well as anyone on the Clippers. Uh, I mean, ob- you could obviously throw Kawhi or PG, and maybe they do that if it's the playoffs. But you know, comparing him to like Marcus Morris or, or Zoo or Joakim Noah or Pat Patterson, I think Jermichael Green plays AD about as well as those guys. And then on the other end, offers you that stretch where you know he hit a couple threes uh, and you could play five out with him. So the way I'm looking at this is if I'm the Clippers looking at how I'm going to close games against the Lakers the last seven, eight minutes of a close game, I'm probably going Jermichael, Kawhi, PG, and Pat. Those are four of my five. I don't know who that fifth guy is. Maybe it's Trez. Maybe it's Marcus Morris. Maybe it's Lou. Maybe it's Landry. It's not Marcus Morris. It's not Marcus Morris. Uh, it, you're getting okay. duplication so, with 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 him and 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 Jamichael Green. I'm sorry. It's just you know if he's not going to shoot the ball well, you're you're really kind of struggling a bit because what he tends to do, and I'm saying he just tends to stop the play on offense. Mm-hmm. He's he, you know he if he embraced the role that Jamichael Green had you know does like that's. That's a different story, but it just feels like there's still a few possessions a game where he just, all right, even the start of the half, you know, he he catches the ball and instead of swinging it to Paul George at the top of the key, he's trying to make a play and he travels. Like it's just it, they need to be playing Marcus Morris less, and they shouldn't be. If he's not hitting shots, if he's not having a good shooting game, he shouldn't be in in crunch time. So who, who would you put in that fifth spot then? Because the only reason I mentioned him, I, I, it was more for defense of, of just thinking he's switchable with, you know, if you put him out there, right, you can probably switch one through five almost, or or at least one through four with, with Pat, Kawhi, PG, and even Jermichael a little bit. Like you can kind of switch all those guys and, you know, you don't want Pat on AD, but four of those guys can theoretically guard AD. All five can theoretically guard LeBron. 
I kind of like that, but I, I'm with you. Like the shooting has been a problem. He is a ball stopper. Uh, so who would you put in that fifth slot? If you agree with my four and, and maybe you don't agree with my four, maybe you think someone else should be out there, but would, based on this game, based on the other three games, based on what you've seen from both teams all season, I, I know you followed both. Um, you know, w- what five would you go with for the Clippers? If this is, you know, seven minutes left game one of the conference finals, everyone's back and healthy. Yeah, see, I, I like your four. I, I, I think that's a good mix right there. And especially if, and again, it's it's if Green is hitting his shots, it's just great on both ends of the floor. I think where, um, you know, for me, it just kind of depends on the situation. It's probably a good enough lineup that you can have Lou Williams on the court because you can make up for his deficiencies defensively with the other four guys, whether it's switching or making sure somebody rotates or pre-rotating, all that stuff. Like, I just think that's something I would I would consider. So for me, it's either Lou Williams or or I go with another guy in Montrez, you know, and, 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 and I understand again, what you're giving up defensively, but you know, you're getting a high motor guy. He's going to give you something offensively. I, I, I like the, the action of him rolling and then you have, you know, three other guys outside ready to shoot. So I can go either, either Trez or Lou for me, but I, you know, you only one of them can't play both of them. at crunch time. That's that I'm, I'm sure of, but you can play one of them and you'll have to pick which one. Okay, Mo, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? No, man, I'm just excited. Basketball's back. I think we're going to see them kind of – we're going to see them work the rust off. I'll be interested to watch to see how they manage everybody's minutes. I think every team's going about it differently, and I'll be curious if how the the Clippers are planning on getting ready – these guys ready rolling into the playoffs. That's another good point. No one played more than 35 minutes in this game. Uh, that was 80. And then on the Clippers side, they only had a couple guys play 34, Reggie and PG. Uh, but Mo, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, where can people find you on social media and where can they read your work and, and listen to your work? So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Mo Dekeel underscore NBA, M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore NBA. I write for Bleacher Report and I'm on Nerder She Wrote with the athletic as well as Brody and the beard. We talk about the Houston Rockets. Uh, That's, that's all I got folks. (laughs) We'll definitely recommend checking out Mo and giving him a follow. I really enjoy your game breakdowns that you'll do. You'll, you'll do a video thread and um, really dig into stuff. So uh, I'd recommend checking him out and following him as always. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. That's at J O V A N B U H A should subscribe to The Athletic. If you have not yet, you can go to theathletic.com slash Clip City to subscribe through this podcast. Help me out. Help the podcast out. As always, I appreciate you guys for listening. I will be back next week to talk more Clippers basketball. We're back, baby.